0: Hey guys, it's me, Alex. Uh, so welcome to episode something, 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 142 maybe of the show. Uh, yes. So tonight I have on uh, the wonderful Mitch Nutter from Hiding for My Wife, the podcast. And yes, we had a nice little talk, uh, talk about Death Squad and the Twitter community on the whole and living in Cincinnati. And I managed to not point out that Cincinnati was named after the Roman general Cincinnatus because that would just be showing off. Now you'll notice that I just said it there because, well, fuck it. I want to show off. Also, they uh, used to name President Washington, the, Roman the uh, American Cincinnatus. This fact is no longer impressive because I've been informed that that was on an episode of the uh, Headless Horseman TV show on Fox. So this will be the last time I'm ever interesting about Cincinnatus. The reason I'm here before the show is to do this. The sound quality is not up to my normal standard because um, my right before uh, I was about to have Mitch call in, uh, a major piece of equipment decided to go uh, toes up. On me, So uh, I had to uh, quickly rebuild the thing. I think it will probably sound pretty good, actually. But uh, if there's like, whatever, just I don't know why I'm explaining myself. Uh, I want you guys to take a moment to go to facebook.com slash the standard PDX. That's the bar that sponsors the show. And yeah, if you're in Portland, in fact, at one point, Mitch and I talk about how cool the bars are in Portland and fuck it. This is one of them. So facebook.com slash the standard PDX. If you go there, click like, if you found yourself in a, you know, kind of a a giving mood, I would love if you just left a little comment saying like, Hey, the Alex cast sent me. If you're in Portland, you can find them on Northeast 22nd Ave. That's uh, 14 Northeast 22nd. And yes, it is good times. If I say, and one more time, I'm going to fucking punch myself in the face. And I only do that for charity. As we all know, I've said, and again. Wednesday's $1 hams, Sunday's $2 microbrews, and that's like delicious high quality microbrews for $2. It's an absurd deal. I should stop. I don't really want to I should stop like kind of pushing that one cuz I like going on Sundays and getting some editing done and it's it's starting to get a little busy. So maybe you should find a different night of the week to start pushing. I think Mondays are like really big cans of beer night. Anyway, I've been talking for too long. So yes, uh, uh the standard uh Facebook.com slash the standard PDX. And that is that. Uh, yes. Okay, good. So, hi, uh, audience. My name is Alex, and this is the Alexcast. I have on the show tonight the man, the myth, the legend, the hider of wives, well, more from wives than hiding wives, unless there's some secrets he's going to reveal later, Mr. Mitch Nutter. Hey, what's up? Oh, everything's up. How are you? Good, sir. Doing well. All right, glad to hear it. So, uh for the audience at home, Mitch is part of the kind of guest squad network. Uh, he's... I would say probably the first person I ran into when I found out that there was a Death Squad kind of network on Twitter. And, yeah, yeah, that was kind of fun to do. It was weird to, like, I'd been listening to these shows and doing a podcast, and then, I don't know how the hell it happened, but somehow I ran into you or Waterbox or somebody. No, it was definitely you or somebody of your old school era and all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, there's thousands of people talking about the same shit as my dumbass show. It is. It's crazy.
1: And when I first started doing Twitter, I didn't understand it at all. And, you know, it, the reason that this was able to happen and as fast as it did was definitely because of Twitter, you know, I mean, you can reach so many people. It's like a mass text message all the time. And you keep this giant conversation and this hive going and you know, for me, like Death Squad was just something that was completely fresh and new, you know, and, and it didn't have like any definitive meaning, which was refreshing as well. So you know, you have got all these people that have a like mind doing the right thing, and you know, it was still such a small number that there were no real fuck ups, you know. So it was just a beautiful thing at the beginning.
0: Yeah, that, that I think I missed that part. <laughs> I mean, it was a beautiful thing, but there's there was certainly a, a fair share of uh, uh, drama when it, at least it did not nothing to do with myself, but like there was a fair share of drama rolling through that community by the time I watched it.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird that it happens too. It's um, I think um, the, somebody best said it when they said that like most of the people that are engaging on the internet, you know at at the amount, at the level that the people are that are like in Death Squad, that there's something somewhere broken, you know, myself included. You know, there's something broken that requires you to, um, have a you know, seeking out some sort of attention, because regardless of what anybody wants to say, you know, in your heart of hearts, there is, you know, that's what social media is about, on, on a side level.
0: Yeah, it's it is interesting. That's it's, it's kind of like that. um the reason I liked it, and it's kind of what you're saying, is like I was, I listen. I came from the Opie and Anthony side of things, which, you know, I kind of where Joe came from, not from that show, but, you know, we listened to that show and we're like, hey, this is cool. Let's get weird people together in a room and say weird shit. And man, that's like, that idea was really cool. And I ha- you know, didn't have anybody to do that with. So much like Joe, except not nearly as talented or having professional comedians to come over my house. <laughs> it's you know, it was fun to just go, oh, let's try to start a weird ass conversation and mimic that stand-up comic thing where you're desperately trying to, you know make up for whatever shitty childhood you had, you know, by demanding <laughs> there, the attention of other people. <laughs>
1: that, there's definitely something to that. I mean, think about uh well, I don't know, but the the podcast stuff. I always used to call in to conservative talk radio and argue with them. And I would wait for hours on hold while I was like driving around in my car and then, you know, for work or whatever. And then when I'd finally get on I'd like rip into it. And then like I had people that would record it and thought that shit was you know, I enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed arguing with people and having conversations and, you know, trying to find an angle on them especially. So I always wanted to I guess be on the air in a way. I liked doing that. But when you find these people that you can actually talk to that have all these similar interests, it it kind of it it exponentially changes the situation. Then, you know, it's not just you out to a, you know, a cloud somewhere that you don't really know where it's going with Twitter. You're able to see and and get like direct responses from people to tell you what they think about your level of creativity or whatever it is you're deciding to do.
0: Yeah, no doubt it's. Yeah, it's weird the kind of feedback you get on that way, because that's, I mean, we're skipping, like in the old days, you know, uh, we're skipping, d- d- you know, decades of work, you know, to-, to have the audience that that we have, not even like saying uh, for the podcast, but just, you know, for Twitter, like, if we send a tweet out, like, there's a comma in that number of the amount of people that can see that. That's, I mean, 15 years ago, that was, I mean, that took you a decade of touring shitty comedy clubs or... You know, getting on air and you know, market number three hundred and eighty-four. Right, three hundred eighty-four that, is probably pretty high, but whatever. You know, what I'm either
1: way. I mean, it's 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 different things. That it's and you don't even really notice it. It just happens. I mean, I'm I'm sure that you know you you can you can figure out when those things happened exactly and all that jazz. But as a living person that's interacting in it, you just kind of melt into it as it goes. You know, so that there's no. You don't really notice it, and what's interesting is to watch companies and business and economics and even like social norms curve with it because everything's moving so quickly now.
0: Yeah, like watching the the whole kind of grassroots Twitter campaigns. Like that—that's a phrase that's completely common, used all the time now. But it's it's you know again, you know what? Four years ago, grassroots Twitter campaign—that's an absurd statement, but. Twitter got a fucking, you know, Justin Bieber to have a fucking petition in front of the the president. You know, that's that's insane. You know.
1: Like, yeah, I really saw the power of Twitter when uh, they were starting to like retweet pedophiles' Twitter accounts. Do you do you remember when that started to happen with like Anonymous? They started doing that.
0: Yeah, I kind of do. I mean, I remember it. I was trying to avoid it though because I was really afraid I'd show up on that list. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, unjustly, of course. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right, right. But I I saw that they could get people that nobody else was able to get. And they were able to get people that were always going underneath the radar but using these types of facilities to get that kind of creepy shit done. And I saw the power of that, and it just blew my mind. And that's when I really kind of realized how Twitter could work and with the hashtags. And that's what Death Squad was for me. It was like a hashtag that brought common people together to see the things you wanted to share, you know it it just symbolized a way to get together you know it wasn't it wasn't uh, looked at like it is now, where everyone's kind of like on high alert for a marketing campaign to pop up somewhere and it's just it's the craziest thing ever yeah, when we started doing it, it was really just to to be able to connect and it, it just people it, you know there's broken people and they're totally freaked out, and you see a lot of them on the fucking internet
0: yeah, that's why I got uh. That was, that was a weird, I noticed that like kind of the change in not that the community changed, but there's, I mean the community changed, but just because of the amount of people, there's still the amount of awesome people. It's just, you know, the more people you add to a group, the more chance you're going to get weird ones. But I remember when it changed from like anybody that I saw death squad, hashtag death squad was like, Oh cool. Follow. Got it. You know, I'm right. at least going to give this, you know, at least give them a go, you know, until, you know, just in case something happens. But at one point somebody called me out, uh, for, uh, tweeting about my book Uh, And using (laughs) guest squad. And they're like, oh, are you just using this for marketing? I'm like, no, I've like, I've been here since fucking like, you know, not since day one, but like, I've been here a while. Like, I don't like where, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, what you're calling me? Like, this isn't a marketing fucking tool. This is, I used to meet friends this way. I didn't realize I was going to get yelled at for it. Right.
1: And, you know, that's the other thing. No matter what job you ever get or whatever you're doing, whatever creative venture you're on. The first person you share with is your friends. I mean, like if I was to get a job selling insurance, the first people I would call would be like my parents and try to sell them my insurance. Then I'd tell my friends, like, hey, help me out. I got this thing I'm doing. If you like it, you can pass it on. But, you know, you're my first connection. And I think when it comes to even like the style of marketing that could be done in a community like that, that's how it is. It's not an aggressive spam campaign to do something like that. You've got a book that you worked hard on all these people share a common bond with you. Why not reach out to them, see if they're interested. They might tell a few fucking people. I don't get what the fuck is wrong with that.
0: That's my thinking, yeah. That, yeah. It's it's a, str- it's a strange thing because I thought that was... I mean, I guess that is the point, but, you know, everything gets perverted after a while. But that's kind of the beautiful, beautiful thing about Twitter is that you can just find random things via hashtag. Like, if, you know, like I'm a... I, I like reading about, you know, I don't know, ancient Egypt. So I could, like, if I see a, somebody's hashtagging some weird-ass Egypt shit, the next thing I know, I've got, you know, 200 more people that I can follow, and I'm down this wild-ass rabbit hole. Well, that's essentially impossible in every other social media, but until it becomes, you know, the the hashtag gets thought of as a as a marketing tool instead of a, you know, means of discovery.
1: Yeah, well, it's also, like, this whole attitude, this passive type of weird middle ground that there seems to be a lot of people at as well where, you know, you're, it's like you found, it's, it's, it's kind of like, like imagine a husband and a wife are looking for a house, right? And the wife finally finds the fucking house of her dreams. And when they get in there, like there's leaks and there's shit they didn't notice during the inspection. And she kind of like ignores it while the husband can focus on it. And that's because she's like in love with the house. And I think people are in love with this community And so they're kind of afraid to, like, point out the horse shit or, you know, confront some conflict in its face, you know. And that's just not these people's style. I noticed that with the comedians, too. They're not very, like, aggressive about certain things. They just, they'd rather duck away from it and, you know, keep the peace, so to speak. And some of that shit last year, like, it totally got ridiculous. You know, and so now it just kind of fades away. Now there's this community that's a little bit different, and there's like this elephant in the room all the time. In my opinion, it's really fucking weird, man. And I don't, you know, I went to school for sociology, so of course I'm like weird and thinking about it all the time. But it's just so strange to me how something can evolve and devolve and evolve at the same time. There's more people in this community than there ever was. There's more awesome people than there ever was, but there's like fucking cunts among us.
0: Yeah, and it's, 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 it's odd the way you have to deal with them, not have to deal with them, but you bring up a good point, like, I'm one of those, like, I find it hard to, like, I find, I find it weird to unfollow someone, because it's like, dude, I know you're, you're repping Death Squad, like, I know you're in this for that reason, but you're also, you're kind of a shithead, like, I don't, I don't want to read your tweets, but I kind of, like, but I feel a little bad, because there's this kind of expectation of, like, oh, we're, you know, we're coming from the same place, but also... You're a jerk. Like I don't I don't want to read this shit.
1: <laughs> right, man. There's a lot of jerks too. It's crazy. And and you don't want to be a fucking jerk. I mean, that's not what I, you know. I'm also not trying to endorse the idea that like you can be a douche and call people out in a fucked up way. Like that's not what it's about. To me, that's not the community I want to surround myself with that I've made on Twitter. It you know, because it's all personal in that way anyway. So if someone like breaks a code of of how I actually feel, and they have Death Squad. I've had that happen. Some guy was dropping racist-ass shit out of Arizona. I forget his fucking name. But uh, I unfollowed the shit out of him and posted that shit up, like, because that's just dirt. Yeah. And you don't want something. But but what's good about Twitter also is like 140 characters, you have to be concise. The racism comes out pretty quick. On Facebook, you can put like a a fucking four-paragraph, uh, intro in three sentences of crazy racist shit and then ended out with like a 10 paragraph conclusion and pictures of your baby and nobody ever notices the subtle racism i like it where people have to wear it on their fucking face on twitter you know
0: yeah it's a really good point on twitter you don't have time to do the no one of my best friends is black like it's yeah. you, you got to jump straight to the point and you get the yeah you get to have people for me the, the and the racist thing does show up a little bit. I mean, it shows up a lot, but I just, I, those are pretty quick on follow, But the, the one that I find pretty, just kind of insidious and just sits there is the complete anti-woman thing. And in the desktop community, there's a few people that just, I don't think they understand that Joe's kidding. Like, I, I don't, I mean, they're aware he's a comedian, but I don't think they actually know he's, he's joking about a lot of stuff. Right. So like, like. When he says "faggot," he's not using it in the way that you are, sir. Like when you're right. insulting a gay guy, we're talking about two very different things with the same word. And it's like, you know, he's a comedian. This is a comedic community. What the fuck is happening here?
1: Right, you're. It's it's dumb, fucking people, and that's what's happening. And there's a lot of them, you know. Yeah, I fair mean, enough. That's yeah. just <laughs> the way it is. I mean, how old are you?
0: Yeah, uh, thirty-three.
1: All right, you're fucking old. You know, I, I'd say like. 60% of this communities is 25 or less.
0: Yeah, you know? I do forget about that sometimes. That Yeah, they are fucking... And these re- people are <laughs> fucking
1: douchebags. They don't know how to act yet, you know? Yeah. And then you've got the fucking, you know... Th- then you get this whole other dynamic of creepiness where, like, there's dudes trying to show other dudes how to act, you know? And it's, it's fucking weird, man. There's so much to talk about when it comes to, like, communities on the Internet because... You know, I've only been into it for like four or five years tops, and it's just the strangest fucking place. And it's so naked. You know, people seem to be so anonymous, but they're naked as fuck on here.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm very much the same way as you. I didn't get a degree in sociology, but like I love watching it form. Like I've been fascinated by this. and I've been trying to – I can't figure it out so much is the this kind of concept of the sub-tweet where you (laughs) – like it just sounds like you're – I mean – I get. I don't really get it. I guess. like it's just people being passive aggressive, right? Like that's all it is. No, totally. I mean, okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. And I think I think it's great at times. Like I, I'll enjoy putting out a fucking good subtweet, and you know, but but like, I'll I'll do it pretty regularly, just incredibly subtly. I think, and if it's not subtle, then I guess the people that are looking for it are finding it that way anyway, you know. But. You can have, like, a Twitter fucking argument with somebody at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, and people in Death Squad aren't going to know about it on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. because that shit goes off the timeline so fast when you got a fucking thousand people you're following. You know, that shit yeah. just gone. Unless you're getting some sort of, like, unless you're fucking getting an alert on everybody, then to me, like, it's a whole other level. I, don't, I can't see everybody's fucking tweets. I got a few people I, like, try to go through their timeline because I really enjoy them. But for the most part, I hit my timeline, take a look at what I'm seeing, and if I don't see anything, I move on.
0: Yeah, you know? I was I was that way for a while. Like, now I just, I'm down to, I think I only follow, like, 350 people or so, because I just, I realized that, like, I wasn't talking to anybody. Like, I was just saying one thing to one person, then another thing, another, and it was just this sequence of one-liners back and forth, which, yeah, it's fun, but it's also, I'm not doing anything here. This is... I've, I've reduced myself to some kind of like Morse code existence with a various, you know, hive mind where I like the hive mind, but I like to know people's first and last names too. So I kind of just pared down everything. And now I have like, I have like people's phone numbers and shit, which for me is, I mean, I'm a basement dwelling fucking weirdo. Like I practice, (laughs) I literally am an occultist. Like I'm not supposed to have fucking pleasant friends, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting. It's so true too. It, it's horrible for me because I'm like the ultimate introvert. I, have you ever taken the Myers Briggs personality test?
0: No. Well, I took like an on, you know the bullshit online one, not the actual full thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you get four letters? I mean, did you, was it like a Myers Briggs mini test you took online? Yeah, I don't even remember
0: what I got. It, it, it was. It, it was one of it was it just honestly it sounded like bullshit to me. It's it's in along the lines of like you're an extroverted introvert. You know, like one of those things where like <laughs> like if you go to a psychic and they just say something that can't be wrong. You know.
1: Right, right, man. No, I'm the same exact way. That, that's what they said on my personality test. Is that I'm I'm an introvert, but I'm like an extroverted introvert, whatever the fuck that means. Say INTP on the Myers Briggs, and it it pretty much spells me out. It's pretty good. But the, I love knowing that kind of stuff. That intrigues me. I, I'm super um, self-aware. I'm not mistake-free. Like I, I'm, I fuck up every day and do dumb shit that I regret. But I'm, I'm really aware that I'm doing it you know, before and after many times, but uh, not perfect, but I'm always super aware. So I, I enjoy looking into that kind of stuff as well.
0: I like looking at it, but in a very kind of casual way, because I've had, and this is, there's no way to say this that I don't sound braggartly, but I'm not being a bragger because I don't think it's true, but I scored really high on IQ tests when I was younger. But that's bullshit, because I literally, I know how dumb I am. Like, I, I'm really dumb on stuff, but I just, those tests were They asked me stuff I knew how to do, and then it was timed. And they said, if you don't know the question, you can say, I don't know. And the quicker you say that, you get like points, which is like anybody can do that. That's like the easiest fucking test ever. So I just the skewed aspect of any kind of like uh, IQ test or or you know Myers Briggs or one of those like you know are you a sociopath from fucking you know quiz dot com or something I I just <laughs> I, I can't really take them because I've seen them fail so so readily uh, or at least with me you know.
1: Well, even like even really well put together large studies with great data are incredibly flawed. I mean you know I've done so many of those. You can do whatever the fuck you want with that crap. It's, it's really easy to uh, studies, um, quizzes, you know, the way you lay that shit out is really simple. And when you look at the online ones, have you ever looked at the, um, the graphs on USA Today's front page where it's like, a, you know, a, an arrow or a ship or some sort of scenery in the background that's not at like a 90 degree angle for the X and Y axis? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, what the fuck is that? That's such a weird mi- misrepresentation of data. And there's all that kind of shit. So when you take those online quizzes, like you said, or even the fucking Myers Briggs, which is pretty good. I mean, that's pretty goddamn good. I think it was like four thousand questions.
0: Yeah, I think the full one is. I'm more referring to kind of the not the. I don't want to say the pop culture version because, like, I took the um, I took the like the, the hour IQ test, which is okay but you're supposed to like it's supposed to be like a for an actual iq test supposed to be like some three-day ordeal where they i don't even know they fucking hook electrodes to you and they make you run a mile while you know reciting things like it's it's hardcore so
1: iq yeah and why do you want to know also i mean that that's the weird thing like when i was a kid i found i remember when i found out my fucking iq Like the paper in my dad's file, you know, the weird fucking shit that they test you on when you weren't even conscious of the world. Oh, yeah. When they uh, trick you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. They're like, oh, this is the
1: German doctor signed it. But either way, I remember finding that. And at that point in time, my academic career went to shit because I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm not doing this. You know, I can I'll do fine. I'll make it to college. I'll be all right. And it like gave me this false sense of reassurance. You know what I mean? It was like, uh, yeah, that was dumb as fuck. I wish I would have taken it the other way and, you know, been more confident and done good in studies and shit like that. I just, once I found out that I had a decent IQ, you know, I wasn't like in the 90s, right? I was like, eh, I'll be all right. Yeah. And it kind of fucked things up because <laughs> when you're 15 years old, you know, that's the way your mind works. You're retarded
0: yeah yeah that's interesting that you can go both ways with that like i my thing is i wanted the only reason i want to know is i wanted to kind of disprove people because in my family i'm supposed to be the smart one but i've done nothing to back that up like i've i've not succeeded at anything like i've i'm just i you know again i I keep saying it like i just i just know a couple big words and i think that tricks people so i kind of wanted to take it just so i can kind of be like, yeah, uh, one fifteen, cool, whatever. I'm thumbs up, you know.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, I think you're. Uh, I, I'm not the fucking guy on the mountain that can point down at the people on Twitter and be like, he's an intellectual. But I pay attention to certain people's shit and how they, how they go back and forth and where they're moving in conversations. And I've always thought that I could tell from the beginning that you were going to be intelligent. You know, it's it was pretty simple to see. <laughs> So you don't have to act like you're fucking bragging. I mean, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it's just such an awkward thing cause, I mean, there, there why, was, why I, is that fucking awkward? I don't thing, know. You know. It's it's like it's because people give it value. It's like talking about your dick size or something. It's just
1: yeah. It, but it, if you're better at me than in basketball, like you know, it's not a big deal. And if like you're an NBA guy, you know, you could be like, yeah, I'm really good at this. Yeah. What the fuck? I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think. I think the problem, not the problem, it's the problem with the way I approach it is that I think a lot of people take it as because we are all. I mean, we all have an IQ. I mean, I honestly don't believe the IQ test works. Like, I don't think you can really quantify that. But we all have a brain. You know, in order to be in the conversation about anything, you know, we're we're existing in the world, and you have to have intelligence enough to type in Twitter. So it's not really, it, it's like if we're both playing basketball and then you say, I'm much better at basketball than you, which, I mean, it's a terrible analogy because I don't even know if I could dribble, but something we both could do. It's kind of like, ah, well, it's it's almost like a little insulting. It's, you know, it's like calling someone fat, you know?
1: So you can't dribble a basketball?
0: I, I mean, I right? think I might be able to, but I'm going to say probably really poorly. And I would, look like, I would look like the stereotypical white guy with no rhythm doing it.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm just gonna say I'm better at basketball than you. How Alex. dare you, Mitch? Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: that,
1: that's all I'm saying. Like, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's just a fact. But people get so hung up and weird. You know, it's just a really weird thing, and especially on the fucking internet. You know, I mean, <laughs> if you're hanging on that shit and you get fucked up about it on the internet, goddamn, I feel so bad for those people. But you see it so much. It's like I I, anymore like with Twitter and shit, I try to stay away from a lot of that shit. You see it going down. There was a guy like two weeks ago that just freaked the fuck out or a week ago. I don't know. But I made a couple of memes just because it was too funny. But uh, at the same time, like you saw that there were people engaging for like 20 hours. It's like, oh my God, no, I can't do that.
0: Uh, I think I missed that's, that one. That's that's unfortunate. See, that's my, that's yeah. the other
1: thing. See, this community's so big, there was like this dude that freaked out over like a twenty four hour period and you missed it. You
0: yeah. know what I'm saying? Well that's yeah, that's that's a really super interesting thing too, is like the how how the community like not, I don't even know how to word this like because of its size like how you can kind of be in it and then also completely miss something like going back to like not not to talk about the book but like I put a book out and like a month and a half later um, somebody was complaining about me you know posting about it too much and like the next day Waterboxer <laughs> he's a dude Waterboxer and I talk like on the daily like we're not you know deep conversation but we're usually you know a favorite or a retweet or something he's like oh I think I've seen you post about it like once now, this is a dude I have like Regular interaction with is oh I think I've seen you post about it you know once and then this other person is oh you're you're spamming the timeline with it it's like this is <laughs> it's it's a ama- this is impossible there's no way to win this you know <laughs> yeah
1: I mean what's the big fucking deal you know Jesus Christ and the other thing is it's really simple they can just they can not follow you yeah and that's really easy
0: and the the other thing too is I I mean I'm a I'm a big reader so I don't to me someone the idea of spamming a timeline is kind of weird to me. Like, unless you're literally doing it, like twenty things in a row, at like one second, one second, one second. Like, I can just read it all or n- not read it. Like, it's not—it's <laughs> not a big deal. Like, it's not—it's not, it's not like—it's not like I'm paying per tweet. This isn't—I don't have to hand write these down. They're just some shit on a screen. It's fine. It just exists there. It's cool.
1: Right. That dude—he can't go to work because you fucking spammed his timeline.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's just driving down the highway yelling at bulletin boards, I had to look at you, you fuck!
1: Right, it's crazy. Just imagine some of these people in real life, man. You know, it's crazy. The other thing, though, is that I've met some of the greatest people I've ever known in my life on here, like Izzy Rock and Jason, no Susquehanna in Ohio. Like Those guys, I I hope I know them for the rest of my life. I give a fuck about Twitter, you know, those guys like it's like my god thank god i met them they're yeah. both just wonderful wonderful people
0: yeah you got a really great i mean i shouldn't i don't know if i can say community cuz i i don't even know how big ohio is but um it seems like ohio is like a really good hotbed of like a lot of really quality people are there like that whole Death Squad ohio thing it's pretty fucking I don't know. I, I'm almost like jealous of a little bit. Like I don't want to live in Ohio. No offense to Ohio, but uh, yeah, you know, you a know. little offense to Ohio. I just don't want to live there in, in the slightest. But man, really good people there is fucking weird to watch. Like I thought you guys all knew each other beforehand. Like I just assumed that whole crew was like high school friends, you know?
1: No, dude, it just happened because everyone was so ready. You know, it's like a big sigh of relief to be able to be with people you can finally be yourself with. Um, because everyone's stuck in these communities at work and all these other places where you have to be stuffy. I mean, I don't work in a place I can say and do whatever the fuck I want, but you know, most people don't have that environment. I didn't when I first got on the internet and Twitter. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. And in Ohio, it's, it, there are good people here, man. Like it's just, it's not that West coast um, type of, I don't know when I've, from my experiences, like a little bit of a too easy going, uh, slightly entitled attitude. Uh, The East Coast, which is just incredibly aggressive and um, fast moving quickly. The South, which is just in slow motion. Then you have like the Midwest, where it's kind of like this melting pot of it all with a lot of like really good heritage and culture from the original people coming over here because the country moved across you know, from east to west. In 1900, Cincinnati was the center of the world's population. So, you know, they but they moved on. And so with the first establishments you see with this particular hard culture are on the east coast. And on the west coast, it's like that's where they end and they got big again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's like there's like this weird wave of people. And in the Midwest, you didn't get a lot of like um, endings. You got people that stayed. You know, they yeah, yeah, no, that's move a good on. point.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's a kind of a level of choice there. It's not just like, oh, fuck, we found another ocean. We have to stop now.
1: No, there, there wasn't like the manifest destiny with yeah. them. It was like the, um, we found a great place that we've been dying to find. We're off the ship. Here's some land. We've traveled 700 miles. We're into Indiana now. Let's, let's build a house here and make food and, you know, have a farm or whatever. You know, whatever I did in the old fucking country. Yeah, that, that, that's what happened, you know, and that's why Chicago is such a incredibly uh, ethnic town.
0: Yeah, I Sh- think Chicago is one of those ones. And this is I, I'm saying this purely I am a coast biased person. Like, I don't want to be. It's just I like I know my brain's kind of built that way and I'm training myself not to be. But Chicago is one of those ones where it's like I almost don't think of it as being in the Midwest because I like it so much, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it just it feels like a it's I guess because it's so close to water. Therefore, it's a real city, you know. <laughs>
1: No, I totally hear you. I mean, Cincinnati's really interesting. It's um, it's not big at all. I mean, I think in in the metro, there's like you know quarter million people, and but but it's relatively safe. The people are relatively good. It's it, it just there's not a whole lot going on. There's businesses. There's strong businesses in this area, so it you know it has some decent money and the economy's decent. The cost of living's low because certain companies are here as well. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's, it's a good place to live and raise kids if that's any sort of interest that you have. Yeah. If I was single, I would not live here.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know? yeah. That's, I, I agree gone. with all of that. Yeah, There's also that other that other kind of aspect of that too, is that because there's not a lot like, I don't want to say cultural, but you know, there's not a lot going on like, you know, like on a more coastal city that allow us for kind of Death Squad Ohio because there's a whole bunch of, you guys like kind of free thinking you know weirdo types that need to have something to fucking do so you know thank you know thankfully for twitter you found each other and got to kind of get a little bit of a free community going you know that that's not gonna happen in portland where i live like I can't find anybody to fucking, I can barely find people to podcast with because everybody's too busy on like tall unicycles and juggling fire and shit. You know, it's like.
1: (laughs) And fucking saving green space so they can push the homeless outside of the city. Yeah. Doing all those, doing all those wonderful things to each other.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. So (laughs) it's like. It's a
1: really fucked up place, man. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the, well, the homeless thing is weird because it's yeah it's odd because there's a lot there is homeless in the downtown core but it's like somehow they just let the kind of young attractive homeless stay like i don't know if they have a chart because it's all like these kind of hot hippie homeless girls uh you know druggy homeless people and then like you don't see like a homeless 40 year old until you're like kind of outside the city lines and then all of a sudden it's homeless looking people and you're like what the fuck happens here you know (laughs) yeah dude they fucking designated all the area for green space yeah and it drove the property values
1: up to a disgusting amount and then you just—I mean, Portland's beautiful, and all the people I've ever met there are super cool. But um, oh, and it's like the just like the average like corner bar with burgers or whatever the fuck they've got going on—it just seems awesome compared to Cincinnati, you know? Yeah, it seems like another country.
0: Yeah, it is a lot more like laid back. That's the, one of the reasons I I moved here. Is one apartment prices back then were affordable, and two, it's like kind of not moving forward the bar scene. I don't mean it that way, but in the you can walk in someplace and like read a book at a bar. Like it's much more like kind of laid back, like kind of European style, like public house almost. Because there's just so many of them, and that's really cool for like a loner weirdo you know, like myself. Where it's like, oh, this is a place where loner weirdos could just show up and you have kind of idle bar chat. Which coming up in the New York, New Jersey area, that's I mean, it happens. But idle bar chat is more screaming about whatever sports on, you know?
1: Right. And Cincinnati, even like it's it's geographical, even here. Like uh, on the west side of town, you have more of a, a coastal type of attitude, in my opinion, like a little bit more open to talk to people, uh, a little bit more, you know, party style. Uh, they, we always say uh, there's a joke about the west side of Cincinnati where, um, why, why do west siders always play sports? They use one hand, it's because they have the beer in the other. And the east side of town is like more of like this old money type of, um, Attitude where you go into a bar and somebody might not even fucking talk to you, you know. It's really kind of weird. And just in Cincinnati, it's like that. So it's it's, it's really strange how all that kind of shit works, man. How it all ends up being that way. But it, it's definitely true. It's not just a an idea or something that you assume is happening. It's legit. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. I mean, I I dig the I dig the concept, not the kind of city split in the middle. But I like the concept of like a place where you can you know, wife and kids kind of place that that still exists. It's pretty, I mean, it's not something I'm ever going to do, but it's, I like that it's there. Cause you, the, the whole country can't be fucking a bunch of me's, you know, like the whole country can't be Portland or we'd be fucked. You know, <laughs> it can't be Portland, New York, LA. Cause there just nothing would get done. There'd be like a lot of good movies and books and then like no one would build anything and everything would fall down.
1: Yeah. People are, you, you need these crazy Midwestern people, man. I mean, I'm like, I'm a suburbanite. I'm not, like, a farm guy. I can't do any of that kind of shit. You know, I'm from the suburbs, so I'm, like, the ultimate the ultimate waste of a man when it comes to, like, that kind of shit. You know, I can't fucking surf. I'm not, like, on Wall Street, and I'm not a farmer in the Midwest. I'm, like, a dude that grew up in a fucking developed neighborhood outside of a middle-sized city with a small market baseball team. I mean, like, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, that that's my demographic. But, uh... I keep yeah. hearing this fucking noise in my basement and it's freaking me out like it's like something dripping.
0: Oh, freaking you out that way. Oh, that's like a real freak out. Yeah,
1: yeah no, I'm not freaking out about anything else. I mean, That's what I do. I I, I, I know you get freaked out about that shit.
0: just yeah, I don't it's like I don't like it's not like I believe it. It's just I'm just you know, I'm a, No, I totally I'm a get it. <laughs> you know, like
1: I, just, I, <laughs> I just take myself like to this like weird logical place whenever. I, I mean, who the fuck doesn't get scared, right? So when you get scared, I'm like, okay, if there's fucking ghosts, like they've been here, obviously. I'm just noticing them. Then, what have they done to me so far? Like, if it's been bad, like I haven't noticed it. Yeah, so. that's, I
0: keep saying that, but I'm just fucking retarded like that. Where it's just like, oh, maybe it's now it's the time they choose. Like it's whatever. Like I just kind of accept it and go, all right. Well, I, mean, I guess I'll just be like a freak out for a second because, not like it's gonna last all night or anything. It's more like a few minutes of like. Oh, this is kind of weird. Like, I also live in an old ass house, like in a basement. So, like, all there is is strange noises that sound like something's approaching (laughs) you from behind.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen anything. You know, I've had things that freaked me out, but I don't think I've ever legitimately seen something. So, my wife is fucking definitely believes in ghosts, (laughs) definitely has seen shit. You know, I mean, what, what are you supposed to say to a person that you trust and love that tells you they've seen some shit like that? it's crazy
0: yeah it's i mean i grew the house i grew up in had a ghost in the basement like but not well i say that casually because like <laughs> it's it's not like i'm not trying to like prove it to anybody it's like oh there's just weird shit there but like i'm not you know i'm i'm not a geologist or like a you know an environmental scientist where like i can figure out every aspect of that basement and then you know figure out some kind of harmonics pattern that's happening that's causing me to see like whatever, like it's not going to really affect my life of, yeah, I thought my basement was haunted, my family agreed with me okay, like there's no, like I, I'm not, I'm not going to try to prove it to anybody, so I can't say like believe in ghosts, even though I let me ask you yeah. this
1: though, dude, listen so if there was like a thing where, you know, those stupid uh, cliche type of ultimatums where um, they know whether or not there's really ghosts right, like there's this higher power and they tell you like, you guess what's your best bet we'll kill you if you're wrong are there ghosts or are there not ghosts?
0: Oh, one of those, like you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on what ghosts are. Like floaty around, disembodied souls. I, I would, I would, I would probably say no. But some kind of, you know, uh, weird imprint. You know, some, You know, like a magnetic recording that's like poorly erased. You know, uh, like. If you ever have like a shitty hard drive that like you still have those like little bits and pieces of files that are left there and you kind of show up like with like half a picture of your ex-girlfriend's tit shows up on a screen out of nowhere. Like <laughs> something like that, but in the real world, you know? That I that I'd probably go so far as to say yes, because there's been a lot of stories about this shit for a really long time. And that's
1: what's you know. interesting to me, because most fears that people have are derived from some sort of like biological protection, like spider bites or, you know, you don't want to be around people that get sick because it'll make you sick, you know, or you all ate the same thing. So you want to make sure you're throwing up if they threw up it, all kinds of things. So why are ghosts in that mix? You know, why do those types of things, is it just culture that has shaped, you know, shaped that? Or is it, is it legitimate like biological wiring to protect us from something? And if it is, what the fuck is that?
0: Yeah, it's odd. i i I don't know if I've heard. I'm going to say I've heard because it's a good idea, and I don't want to give. I don't want to take credit for it if it's not mine. But I've heard that the there is a biological imperative in that. That's why ghosts are associated with nighttime. In that, essentially, seeing something out of your corner of your eyes is actually the people that are more freaked out immediately by that are the ones less likely to have a fucking cougar jump on them or whatever the hell nighttime things. Oh, there, there you are. go, dude. That you know. So if you see something out of your corner of your eye and you start getting like a little twitchy, and you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck. You now have that fight or flight, all that, you know, whatever those chemicals are flowing. Now you're much more prepared to, like, try to not get killed by that wild, horrible thing. But, yeah, I mean... Well, that
1: it, totally fucking makes sense, man.
0: Makes Yeah, it makes sense to me as well. You know, I'm pretty sure I didn't come up with that. I can't think of where I fucking heard it. But it's still weird that, like, it's like every culture has, like, pretty goddamn similar stories. And that's the part that it's like... If it is if there's a genetic component, it's just weird that the genetic component would we'd all somehow figure out. Oh no, that's the um that's the invisible stuff from our grandparents, you know?
1: Right. I mean, but but who knows? Who knows what it is?
0: Yeah, there's this uh, uh, kind of other theory which I think is kind of cool, which is like you ever heard you know that um, Rupert Sheldrake guy? You ever heard of him?
1: I've heard the name. I don't really fucking retain a lot of that shit.
0: He's, uh, I I generally don't either. He's one of the few I do just because he's the first dude I heard it from and he's got a weird face. He just looks like his name would be Rupert Sheldrake, so I remember it. Like he's just got a (laughs) Rupert Sheldrake face. But, uh, he's got this thing called, like, it's, uh, you know, some kind of, uh, inherited memory, essentially. Like, uh, you know, you're, the the body remembers things like on a kind of a, like, a subconscious level. So you can actually, like, kind of, uh, passed down memories almost, you know, so it's, that's where like past life experience or, you know, ghosts and all that shit kind of come from that way. It's just kind of a, there is this kind of component of memory beyond, you know, just the shit that we built into our brain that gets passed to us. And it's just kind of misfiring of those memory circuits.
1: Right. I believe that. I mean, you know, who the fuck knows, you know, I mean, the, the idea that we can't even prove that each other exists right now for real. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, uh, did you ever read like Descartes and Meditations and oh, all yeah, that
0: yeah. shit? Kojido soon, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't read it that well, but I, I minored in philosophy, and I just remember that taking, taking me, you know. I really remember thinking like, "Wow, this guy's fucking got to the point where he's sitting in a room, like you know, I don't came and show if I'm here. I, I'm, I want to say that I'm here. I can only prove that I'm here, but where's here? You know." We yeah. got to that point and nobody really had kind of gotten there in that way before. And reading that, I was like, yeah, what the fuck, man, you know, uh, no- who knows what the fuck is going on?
0: This is the, the exact thought process is what I went through and where I got to the point that I stopped being angry because it just occurred to me that like I'm arguing with someone that's creating their own universe and I'm creating my universe that they're arguing with me. So there's yeah. no reason for me to be mad because like, I I don't even know if I'm here, like, other than during the statement, I think therefore I am, and when he's saying it, he knows he's there, so how could be mad at someone that, like, we barely know we're here, they're creating their own universe, I'm creating my own universe, and somehow I expect us to be able to agree on some minor point from a fucking book or whatever the hell I'm arguing about, like, so it's just kind of like, I can't really be mad at people that much anymore, because it's like, you know, it's none of my business, like, you're, you know, your reality isn't mine and my reality isn't yours. You know, we're all universe builders.
1: Yeah, dude. I tell my kids all the time anyway. like They're like, I got mad because so-and-so did this. And I'm like, oh, so they, they're they able to make you mad. And they said, yeah, they got me mad. I'm like, so they're your boss. Like, they tell you what to do, you know. And that, that tends to, like, kind of stop that behavior. But I'm 35 and I have to, like, remind myself about it too, you know. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, why the fuck are you reacting like that? Dude, I'm going to have to bounce off.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we, we almost I'm got sorry. the answer. No, no, yeah, you're aces. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, So that's Mitch Nutter from Hiding from My Wife. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and everywhere humanly possible at Mitch Nutter. Uh, anything else?
1: No, that's it, man. I, was, I appreciate having me on.
0: Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm happy you finally got a chance to talk to you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Hey, so thank you very much, Mitch Nutter, for coming on the show. It was a fun little chat. I'm happy to have finally gotten to speak to you using our human voices, not the cold, mechanistic, soulless voices of Twitter, wherein we act like the new Skynet, just controlling humanity and putting them under our horrible, metallic feet and crushing their skulls like the dogs that they are. I'm a... I'm a uh, human race trader. That's what I am. I've uh, I've sold my soul to the Skynet metaphor that I've been drawing out, and I would like to um, I would like to welcome our machine overlords. Welcome them with grace, fluidly. Stop talking. If you get a chance, please uh, do any of the following things. Leave a review of the show on iTunes. That helps our ratings a lot. That would help me a lot. And I would thank you. You can leave a review of my book, Periphery, on Amazon.com, where, if you haven't read it already, you can purchase a copy of my book, Periphery, on Amazon.com. You can find all the information on that on AlexCast.com. There's a little... uh, Little menu on the top that says books and that's where all the books are there's another menu that says writing and that's some just extra writing i've done some random poems uh an old journal i used to keep is there there is a thing that says art and that is shit i've drawn or um things that people have drawn or painted for the show uh mateo did some my friend mel um you know that might be it and if i'm forgetting someone i'm terribly sorry yes So that is it. Uh, Also, if you're there, click on uh, the Amazon link. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, click that first. And um, I get a small percentage of your purchase. You don't have to pay anything. There's an Audible link. If you click that, you get a free audiobook, which would be cool. You can listen to any book you want. I mean, not my book, because I haven't recorded an audio version of it yet. And now that my equipment is breaking, I don't think I'm going to be recording one anytime soon, which is unfortunate, because I know all of you were demanding it. Just pounding on my door saying, Alex, please record this thing. So we could ignore you about this as well as the actual book, uh, yeah. So that's all the fun you can find on Alexcast.com. Go there, be good, you know, just have fun. You can find me on Twitter at the Alexcast. I'm the Alexcast on. No, I'm not. Let's see. What am I? I'm Alexcast on YouTube. I'm uh, the Alexcast on Google Plus. I think, or maybe Alex. I don't know. Just find me. Everything's on my website or on my Twitter or things. Just do things. Go, run, be free, enjoy yourself. Oh, that's what else is on there. There's a video section on alexcast.com, which I think is just two videos of me reading tarots right now in uh, beautiful black and white because I have, you know, body dysmorphia issues and I don't want you to really know what I look like because I uh, value myself much more than I should based on this awful flesh robot I'm walking around in. Man, I can't wait for Skynet to take over. I'm so glad Bitch and I decided to completely destroy the human race by being on Twitter. Or whatever kind of nonsense I said earlier. Okay, yeah. I'm good. Uh, Thank you for listening. I will be back uh, soon or something. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Okay, bye.